Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Welcome, everyone. Today's episode is everything you wanted to know about EQ, but maybe we're afraid to ask. Part do. How's that, Jeff? That's fine, Eric. All right. So one of the biggest areas that we have request questions about is... Okay, so what about this and what about that? Mm -hmm. And we decided that we would go and do another episode. We did one previously, mm -hmm. uh, maybe it was last year, um, to kind of give people maybe a little another opportunity if we can answer some questions. And by the way, audience, any point in time when you do have something that you would like to see covered, please reach out to us. Um, info at spiritofeq.com, as well as you can leave a review on whatever platform um, with comments however that works for you, because and, we do want to make it practical. And even if it's not a question for a podcast episode, but... In general. Yeah, just yeah. That, that's why we're here. <laughs> All right, so, Jeff, first question that I want to throw out for you and for me, right, is there are a lot of personality tests out mm -hmm. there, assessments, and often we get asked, so what's different about your assessment than, say, DISC and Myers-Briggs and those kind of things? So let's talk about that a little bit. So, Eric, the first thing to think about is uh, EQ is not personality. Mm -hmm. EQ is, uh, I think, something deeper. It, there's a lot of aspects to it. Uh, most of the other personality profiles are only talking about, I think, in some ways, what people see externally and not so much about what's going on inside you. Right, because ultimately they're, they're trying to give people a, a determination of what type of personality they are, which then exhibits a certain behavior, which is above the surface. Yes, exactly. And they don't go into very much um, digging or learning or uh, exploring the results of it. It's, it's pretty much you're given this and good luck. Well, and I, I would almost say too, Jeff, and I know you agree here that we're not here to tell you that you shouldn't do personality tests mm -mm. or assessments because, quite frankly, we're big fans of the Enneagram, which yes. is uh, is a personality typing system. But it's a little bit different, a, too, a because little... it's on a different level yeah. than most of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're really big fans of the Enneagram. Um, uh, the one thing about, I guess, where I'm going with this is, is that emotional intelligence, EQ, has to do with measuring things that relate to your emotions and the data that they are mm -hmm. and how you are doing with managing those emotions. 
Exactly. It's it's the uh, idea that learning how to to recognize an emotion. Okay, right. I, I am feeling uneasy. Right. Okay, so uneasy is telling me that there's something around me that's just not sitting right with yeah. me. Yeah. And it, then then I need to take the time to explore what is that. Right. And that's another key thing, um, which might be a second question, right? Um, I want to be very straightforward for folks to understand, uh, especially with the assessments that we use. It is not a judgment tool. Right. It's not designed to say you're intelligent or you're not intelligent. Mm -hmm. Because I know sometimes, you know, IQ, at least in time past, had a reputation of people who had high IQs felt I'm really good. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I feel I feel better about myself. People whose IQ wasn't as high, it was a it was sort of like a red mark or something. That's not what this is about, because the measurement inside of this of our EQ assessment is a snapshot in time about where you're at mm-hmm. as it relates. Now, hopefully, if you're able to look at your data with curiosity and not judgment, mm-hmm. it will give you some insight into, oh, I wonder what's behind that or how could I improve with this mm-hmm. on and on and on and and our assessment is also built on a foundation of if there's an area that you do want to improve we'll take one of the areas that you're already good at that you're already you've developed to use that to to further it let's say your empathy is low mm-hmm. so but you're uh Consequential thinking is high. So you, you can use the consequential thinking of, let's say, about empathy for yourself. If, if I don't give myself empathy— Because consequential thinking being the weighing the cost and the right. benefit of a decision. So, yeah, it, you, you start thinking along the lines, okay, if I don't give myself empathy, you know, I'm going to not be able to move ahead. I'm not—you know, whatever mm-hmm. the situation is. So that's, that's how we try to work with people, to use their strengths— to improve areas that they they want to improve, not that we say they need to. Right, 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 right. Um, the other thing, uh, and I don't want to get too wonky here, um, Jeff, is the idea of validity and reliability of the assessment tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I know with our main assessment, the SAY, um, there's been close to 500,000 of those done across the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I really like about that is the fact that across the globe. It's not a, just a United States thing. It's Europe. It's Asia. It's, it's in Africa. 30 or 40 languages, I right. think. <laughs> so from that perspective, it helps increase the confidence that when you take it, it's going to give an accurate result for you so that your data has got more integrity. And there, as you plan on what you're going to do going forward, you can go forward with a bit more confidence. And please hear me out, audience. This is not that any of the other assessments out there are not because some of them are very valid and reliable as well. I just throw that out there because that's something that should be kept in mind as you're going through, because there are some assessments, maybe not as, you know, popular and long running as say like disc and, um, Myers-Briggs, Myers-Briggs. Um, but just from the perspective of having something that you can say, yeah, this is probably going to be pretty accurate. And, and the, the other nice thing about this assessment is, as you mentioned, it's a snapshot. So let's say there's some areas that you would like to improve. Yep. And you work on your own, you work with a coach, and six months down the road, you can take the assessment again with the idea of, okay, I'm just thinking of how I am now, 
and you can see if the work that you've put in is getting the results that you want. Yes, and I think what I like about the work inside of EQ is that it is non-dualistic in nature. Mm -hmm. Because I know some folks can look at uh, assessments and say, okay, this is where I'm at, and now I need to do these things. And then they expect that every time they take the test, it's going to be that or better. Mm -hmm. And if it's worse, then, oh, what did I do wrong? It's not always, what did you do wrong? It's not always a case of you're good or you're bad. It has, it has a bit of nuance there too, right? Yeah, and it's also something that you can use to help to figure out where you are. Once you've, you know, you, let's say you've been working with it for a while and you've had issues come up, things like that, our tool can be used to help you identify yeah. changes or areas that you might not have been able to figure out on your own. Right. And keeping in mind that when the storms come and underline when, that is oftentimes a place in time that probably may reflect some lower scoring, but mm -hmm. could present the greatest opportunity for you because you're able to connect it to that event, that situation, such that you can begin to go, oh, I'm, I see where that is coming from, you know? And it, it is a constant pursuit mm -hmm. and, a, and a journey. Not, not again, I, I stress to you, um, and I know living in the age we live in, sometimes there is this driving desire that, okay, I need to know, am I good or am I bad? Did I win or did I lose? It is non-dualistic in its nature. Mm -hmm. um, and just one, more, one yeah. more thing I'd like to mention about the tool that we use again we will not administer it or give the results to someone until we do a debrief with them. We're not just giving you information and not or not helping you interpret what it's saying. Well, I think there's great power there. And also it is not, I mean, ultimately us being spirit of EQ, we have to be certified mm -hmm. and it is a psychometric level B tool. Mm -hmm. And, and we're talking about the say for the audience purposes uh, our main uh, deepest dive in EQ. And I think that's very powerful too, because that, that indicates of the power of it and the importance of you need someone who's going to be with you that quite frankly knows what they're doing. And, and six seconds, make sure that the people are trained. And Eric and I just had a little bit of a blip last week of not letting them know our ace credits so we won't even go there <laughs> it's fixed now <laughs> yeah we call that a uh, technological issue but all right so neuroplasticity we talk a lot on this show about neuroscience and its impact how the brain works all that uh, i'd like maybe you to lead this part okay this question because i think you've you've studied a little bit more than i have well um the the, the one thing about um emotions um, and, I, and I don't want to get, again, too wonky. It's pretty straightforward in this respect, right? That our emotions are chemicals in our brain that are communicators with us. They're, it's our data. It's, it's our brain's way of giving us information about where we're at and what we're doing in certain situations. These situations can be a staff meeting where somebody says something that you disagree with vehemently and it causes you to feel anger. Or maybe it's something that has happened over and over again. So you not only feel anger, but then comes frustration, right? Um, maybe historically your response to that situation is to just blurt out something, right? 
and typically causing you more problems, uh, typically with or potentially with a boss or maybe someone else on the team. And when you or at home or at home, (laughs) another great example, family. Right. Um, However, one of the beauties when we begin to determine that we know we need to make a change, our brains carry with it a lot of this placidity and placidity, the the ability to, to, to flex, to mold, to do differently, as I describe it this way. And we have a lot of it. Now, I also will let you know, there's a lot of research out there that says that if you're not eating well and you're not getting enough sleep and on and on over time, you can affect the brain's placidity. And there's also some of disease issues, as you would imagine with dementia, that can impair some of that. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, if you're stable, your brain has got plenty of placidity to help you as you navigate the next change. And the one area that I always, I typically bring up when we're with clients and uh, giving a talk or whatever, is this idea of limbic friction. And I'm stealing this a little bit from Andrew Huberman of the Huberman Lab. It's this idea of our brain's resistance to doing things differently. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of get the idea about the friction. Right. So imagine for a moment that you, you've decided, you, you see it's clear, I don't want to get into another issue with my boss about things that happen in the staff meeting, right? And you make the decision, okay, I'm going to begin to just, I'm going to listen. I, I'm, and, and if I do have something I'm really, really angry about, I'm going to pull that team member or my boss aside and ask for the time to, in private, talk about where I'm at. Boom. Great idea, right, Jeff? Mm -hmm. We'd say, wonderful. But guess what? Your brain says, oh, no, no, no. What we do, because remember, your brain is working on efficiency, ease, making things easy for you, making things safe. That's that's one of its main missions. So when you come along and say, not going to do the just blurting out what I think in the moment, your brain doesn't agree with that in the beginning. (laughs) So it creates this friction. There's this resistance. I had those situations where what you're talking about is happening while another part of me is off to the side going, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And that's not uncommon, Jeff. I mean, yeah, because it's like you you know it's a good thing to 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 not do it. But yet at the same time, you move forward with it and you're going, wait a minute. No, that's not what I want to do. It's because your brain is... Ultimately, it's saying we're the we do. We, this is how we operate. We we always blurt out. We always say things that we don't mean. But here's the thing, and this connects back to the placidity issue. If you don't give up, and you keep at it, even though you're going to make mistakes, but if you mm-hmm. just stay committed to it, eventually, and not everybody's the same. You've heard the old idea: twenty-one days to a habit. Whatever that could very well be true for you, Jeff. Maybe it's. 41 days for me, maybe for somebody else, it's a week, but all of us would have in common, not giving up because eventually that placidity, your brain will begin to see this new thing. Allah, I'm not going to blurt out. I'm going to wait. I'm going to have, I'm going to listen as the new best and easy way. I I'd liken it. Or I like to imagine, I guess it is the Analogy, I guess, is the right word. I always get that and simile messed up. But anyway, to like a river carving a new path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. you have to be careful because the old path is still there. 
Yes, and we've talked about that idea here on the show, mm-hmm. you know, this idea that neural pathways and they get created over time. I just say it um, this way uh, because, um, Jeff, I see people who give up. They, they they basically revert sort of back to the old tributary that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Your brain is going to accept that decision on your part. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, again, your brain is out is out there looking for ways to make things easy, safe, and efficient. And it's not a moralist. Don't expect your brain to say, hey, Jeff, can we have a moment? Because I was thinking you should do this differently. No, that's your department. That's yours. That's all yours, (laughs) what you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that 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 plays that role that you've got so much responsibility and autonomy to do these things your brain can be your ally in this if if you let it, mm-hmm. right? Now, let's face it, Jeff, if we're truly honest, most of us get into these bad habits, these negative situations. It's our fault. Yeah. It, it's, it's, not our, it's not our dad's. It's not our uh, grandfather, not a teacher from fourth grade. <laughs> it's us. You know, I get angry. I don't like what you said, so I call you a jerk. And you know what? I did it once. Then I did it twice, and then three months becomes two years, becomes five <laughs> years. And then if we're still in a relationship, which probably wouldn't be, because if I call you a jerk every time I get angry, you're probably like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, responsibility on our shoulders. So, all right. So another thing, a uh, question that comes up is definitely can understand and see how EQ works with the big things, mm-hmm. you know? But what about that? unexpected life comes at you fast stuff. Yeah. I think, you know, if you've got something planned, say a a job change or buying a new house or a car, you have time to use all those competencies that we talk about. you're not having to make a decision. You're not having to make the decision now. But like you said, life comes at us. Uh, You don't know, and you don't know what that's going to be. So I think one, it's, we, you you guys have heard this a million times from us. You, one, you need to practice it so that, it becomes automatic, but we we talked about this in the episode we just recorded, and I liked. Uh, maybe you can share a little share that again. But the standing still for a second. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that's. I mean, that was really really powerful. And for the audience, if you didn't listen to our previous episode with Perry Moffmer, uh, I was in a session with uh, Jim Vave, um, who has been on the show as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were doing a presentation, and one of the participants asked about, well, what do you do when you have all these different emotions that are just seems like they're swirling around you? And I used the analogy of birds, you know, circling, you know, in a field type thing. And his response was, be still. And what I thought was so profound about that, you know, our emotions are giving us good data to act upon, to, to analyze, right? The heightened state of things is going to dissipate, as we know, in about six seconds. Mm-hmm. Those, not, those birds or that circling yeah. is still happening. Yeah, right, right. But it does not mean that the dissipation of, of, of that heightened state means that the emotion goes away. Mm-hmm. It just means if we're able to be still, for example, mm-hmm. for six seconds, our prefrontal the executive yeah. function of our brain can begin to evaluate. Okay, let's look at these birds. Now, are these birds of prey or are these just like crows and blackbirds? 
Um, are they circling because there's something they want to eat? Are they trying to get into my garden? Or is this the time of the year? Mm. That's what your logic side of your brain mm-hmm. will do. If you do not give that part of your brain time to catch up, all right, well, guess what? You'll probably inject into yourself sort of this idea, oh, those birds are prey. I got to run. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, they're going to tear up my garden. I need to, I need to, uh, I got to jump out of here. I've got, I've got to, I've got to shoo them away. I've got to, <laughs> and then you panic and you trip on the step and you end up on and on and on. Yeah, exactly. Your logic brain wants you to wait a minute, hold on. And, and I want to stress to the audience is I, I, I do with audiences in the live. We are not advocating that you're going to need a good hour of meditation before you make a decision. We understand very clearly that life comes very fast. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, you alluded to something about practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was, this is probably getting close to a month, depending on when this episode comes out. I was giving a talk with an audience and it's, it's a little humorous. Um, in this talk, I used a tool bag as part of my presentation. I was going to tell the audience a little story around using tools. It's kind of the metaphor idea of, you know, the, toolbox or the tool bag is your emotional intelligence and inside are these competencies mm-hmm. like we we're talking about. So that all flows very well. And the bag did have actual tools in it. I mean, wrenches and socket wrenches and pliers and hammers, right? So this particular talk, um, it was probably, they had started playing the intro testimonial that one of our clients did for us. Mm-hmm. It was a great testimonial. And I thought to myself, I'm backstage, I'm just about ready to go on. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I probably ought to open up this bag so it doesn't cause, you know, that little distraction by me trying to open it. So I'm just figuring I just, and I, I'm pulling on the zipper <laughs> and the zipper won't unzip. I pull it out again. It's not moving. So guess what? The testimonial comes to an end. And then I hear the, and as we welcome to the I'm still trying to unzip it. And it got, I, it must have been five seconds before I unzip, I go out. Right? So the thing about this is I've practiced enough that even if I didn't get that unzipped, I knew how to pivot. That was happening in that span of that problem, mm-hmm. that issue was maybe. 45 seconds to a minute. So you could have panicked and I could, I could have, I could have froze. Um, I I could have walked out showing a a face of frustration. Right. So my point is, and, and you, I'm so glad you brought that up. This idea of practice because I have practiced before I knew what to do, even in those moments when things were not going the way that I wanted. I did not by any stretch tell anybody who was running that particular event, hey, could you just tell the audience I'm going to need some time because I'm working on unzipping a bag. And does anybody have a pair of pliers? Right. (laughs) Does anybody have another tool bag that I can borrow before we begin? That, That no. And life doesn't afford that. Hey, you know, I just got a phone call from my brother in law who says, guess what? I'm in town and I need to stay at your place for a week. And you hate your brother in law. (laughs) Just use lightly, lightly hate. Maybe another word. But okay, you don't have control over these events. I mean, my gosh, we, I mean, it's life is delivering what it's going to deliver. With the example you just used with the brother in law, consequential thinking. If I freak out, 
and cause all these problems, how is that going to affect my relationship with my wife? Right. And these are things that, I mean, again, Jeff, you're not going to say to your brother-in-law, hey, I need to call you back because I got to meditate on what I feel right now about you coming and staying for a week. No, you're going to do that. Okay, consequential thinking. You know what? My wife loves her brother. I can deal with it. No problem. Okay, we'll see you. What time are you going to be here? Right? That's a whole lot better than there's no way. You're not staying with us. You get a hotel. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Right? Now, you may legitimately feel that way about. Which I mean, is okay. Right? Yeah, it is. It is. But what you're doing is, Jeff, right, is you're just weighing the consequences. Mm-hmm. Which which one do you want? And to me, if we allow that prefrontal, the executive function to kick in, we're able to go, guess what? Um, yeah, he does get on my nerves. There's no doubt about that. He he is kind of messy. But, wow, if I my wife is going to be upset because she loves her brother, she's going to think that I'm really not very empathetic because he's going through a difficult time or whatever. You know what? Um She's going to argue with me about the fact that I think that my family is just made of gold. I mean, fill in the blank with whatever it may be. <laughs> exactly. You're, just, you're, you're giving yourself time to choose the better way, for that, for example. But none of that can happen until you do that standing still. And practice is that standing still. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it cannot get any more clear than that. And I get it, audience. There have been times where I'm going, why am I learning how to stand still? What good is this? What, what, what's coming of this? But as an old music teacher told me, the reason why you play those scales over and over and over again is so that when you get on stage and you're playing the music that you really love, you're going to know what you're doing. You're going to understand mm-hmm. where the notes should be placed where you are in the song, on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And that is truth with a capital T. All right, so, Jeff, when we look at those those events that are really, really out of our control, Mm -hmm. and specifically when we think about the war in Europe right now with Russia and Ukraine, Mm -hmm. uh, heartbreaking and as tragic as that is, there's certainly a potential to feel helpless. Mm -hmm. Um, There's certainly the potential to fear Fear, right? Anxiety. Um, I've heard that from more than a few people. I'm I'm of the age where, in elementary school, we were taught to do the duck and cover. Yes. So when the Russians attacked us. Yeah. And that's bringing yeah. back those memories for me. Yeah. So how does EQ potentially help in those situations? I think you you it, it, there'll be different tools in in the toolbox you were alluding yeah, to earlier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, one, emotional intelligence will let you identify exactly what you're feeling and why. Are you feeling this emotion because, you know, you are afraid that the war will expand and in- involve you? Right. Or are you feeling these emotions because of your empathy for the people in Ukraine? Yeah. Um, is it anger against Russia? So first step is identifying that emotion right. to see what it is and why you're feeling it. And I want to stress again, Jeff, you've got to you've got to get into that mode of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and I I I know I'm sounding somewhat like the broken record about this because initially, when you say, "Hey, identify the emotion, kind of analyze what it mm-hmm. is, what's behind it," for someone that really hasn't practiced, it'll seem strange. Mm-hmm. 
what we're hoping is that you will get into that mode of I practice this. And one of the things that helped me with that practice, especially with emotional literacy and understanding emotions, yep. is doing it when it wasn't a crisis. That's exactly where I was going to go. Exactly. Okay. Right. So, you, audience, you can start right after the show is over. You can start because, Jeff, as I know you know, emotions are not this – well, sometimes they happen and sometimes they don't, and usually on Fridays, but never on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They're happening every single day if, on the hour except well, for sleep, right? Yeah, I, I think that – I don't know if there's any scientific evidence about this, but this is just my fault – that you're probably feeling some level of emotion the whole time you're awake. Yeah, I'd say that's probably very yeah, accurate. Because, you know, if you're feeling – relaxed, that's an emotion, you know, so explore. Okay. Why am I feeling relaxed? Yeah. Okay. Well, I got all my bills paid this month. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm planning a nice night out with my, my family tonight. Uh, or I got nothing this Saturday. I'm going to sleep in as long as I want. So. Right. Which could potentially leading you to a feeling of gratitude, mm -hmm. which has been proven yeah. to be a help. And the more that you do it, I think that's the main point. The more that you do it, the more that you put this into, again, your practice, um, it will become the go-to. So that when the big events, mm -hmm. or a la the, the, the events that are somewhat removed and you know out of our privy, if you will, mm -hmm. were, were positioned well to really kind of pay attention. Because I think that's the key, right, is are we willing to slow down long enough to pay attention? Mm-hmm. Like we, we talked about with, the, you know, the thing in Ukraine, more than likely right. as an individual, we're not going to be able to do anything to affect that outcome over there. But if you recognize, you know, what you're feeling, why you're feeling it and, and do what you need to do to be able to to rest in that feeling, that might help your neighbor or your spouse that is really freaked out about it. Yeah. So that's. It's not the you're not affecting what's going on across the ocean, but you can affect what's happening around you. Right, because which very well be the only thing that you have been given some level of responsibility and opportunity. Mm -hmm, exactly. You know. Um, all right. So another one is um, this idea of judgment. Mm. So Jeff, let's look at another question that I've I've heard is around um, curiosity versus judgment and what role EQ can play in us being more curious than judgmental. Carl Jung has a great quote, and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. He's a um, psychotherapist from the 20th century. Thinking is difficult. That's why most people judge. <laughs> There's a lot of, of things in there. One of the things is, and I think you might have mentioned it already mm -hmm. in this podcast, is judging means there's a dualism. There's a, a right or a wrong, a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. So that's easy. You just, boom, I've made my decision. I've, I've judged this. Okay, this is wrong. I can live with that now because I've made the decision. But if you're thinking about it, then you have to take into consideration a lot more factors. Yeah. 
where you have to actually think about both sides. And does it not also imply us, and I know that we had this in our episode with Perry Moffmer recently, this idea about are you questioning what you're thinking? Mm -hmm. Are you putting in the time to identify, and I use the analogy of, and not analogy, it's what I do as a practice is that is what am I thinking? Is what I'm thinking true? Mm-hmm. And for me, I need it. I need a follow up. Is it really true? Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that deal with imposter syndrome or this self critic, that's a very powerful thing because you've got to get that force to a calm level. Mm-hmm. For me, it is okay, Eric. Uh, you think that everybody was offended by what you said in that meeting. Is that true? Well, yeah, because, you know, it was just, I should have just selected different words. Okay, Eric, is it really true that you offended people? Because if it was really true, you would have gotten some responses somewhere. You, You could go to the person who was running the meeting. You could get feedback. And then you start to go, well, I guess I really don't know for sure. No one, yeah, no one frowned and and kind of no nonverbal language exhibiting uncomfortable. However, and again, just my thing, if I don't do that, I'm more prone to believe the lie. Mm-hmm. Because the lie can fit an old narrative that says you are the problem. You did it wrong. You, and you start to realize. So, and this comes back to the practice, Jeff. The more that I've done this over time, I'm not so quick to go, oh, I offended or, oh, I, I messed up or I should have done. I, I do a, that's a lot less because now I have a practice of like, wait a minute, hold on thought. You, you, yeah, you, you analyze what happened. That person maybe needed to be called. Mm-hmm. A jerk. Everybody was thinking it. Right. <laughs> but the, the the thinking beyond that is, okay, he needed to be called out. They needed to be called out. I just didn't do it the way I would have liked to. Yeah. This, this needed to happen, but... And the whole point around this, Jeff, right, is this idea of slowing down enough to analyze and to consider and be still so that you can kind of what am I truly dealing with here? What's, what's really going on? Because as you know, whether it's your, you're having to fight back the imposter syndrome or if you're just tr- learning how to, wait a minute, I got to manage my emotions. It is that idea that you're, you're putting in that effort to make sure that you're getting okay, to exactly what's going on here. Because if the reason you're getting angry, for example, is because of something that your brother-in-law did or something that your boss from 20 years ago did and you're still mad about it. Mm-hmm. That's a whole lot different. And quite frankly, you know, Jeff, if I call you a jerk and the reason I'm doing it is because I'm still mad about the thing that happened 20 years ago with someone that you don't know, you're, you're not involved. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with you. Now, as we get better at this practice, we begin to go, wait a minute. And if I do blurt it out, it does give me that sort of to be able to say, Jeff, 
I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that to you because ultimately it had nothing to do with you. I'm angry about something that happened 20 years ago and I'm struggling with that today. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can resolve that. I can, I can heal that, that rift. And then I can begin to go, what's behind that? Mm-hmm. Well, what's behind it is, is that 20 years ago, this event happened and you still haven't dealt with it. You still haven't addressed it. And that to me is the power of EQ. Mm-hmm. It gives us this ability to be able to, again, get to what's really going on. You know, we've talked about the six second thing. They've heard it over and over again. Yep. I've got a challenge. Most everybody has a smartphone that has a stopwatch on it. Yep. So what I want people to do is take that and do it several times. Do it for, let that stop, let not, not your clock, but the actual stopwatch. Yep. Let it go to six seconds. And I want you to observe it from two different directions. Externally, how fast does six seconds go? It goes mm-hmm. pretty quick. Yep. Internally, how much can happen in that six seconds? Okay. There's the Spirit of EQ podcast challenge from Mr. Jeff East. That's a good one. That's a good one. Because I think what you'll find is that outside still continues at regular time, but that six seconds internally, it's a lot longer than it seems. Right, right. All right. So for those in the audience that are going to take Jeff up on his uh, challenge, um, you can email us at info at spiritofeq.com. If you have questions for Jeff about that. Or how did it go? I'd love to hear that. Absolutely. How did it work? How did it go for you? Um, And certainly uh, Jeff will be able to respond to you directly. Uh, And certainly even if it's you just want to tell us how it went and you don't need a response. It's Mm -hmm. absolutely cool. So we really appreciate you tuning in. And we'll be doing this more and more, uh, giving you some insights of what we're hearing from our world, whether it be clients or audiences that want to know more about EQ. And and questions we have. (laughs) And questions we have, exactly. We are on the journey as well. And we do appreciate you tuning in, and we look forward to the next time we're together. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. 
In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based, and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.